This is episode 17. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. Chances are you've been hacked, whether it was your computer, your mobile phone, your social media account, you name it. Not only is it incredibly frustrating, it is expensive. According to IBM Security, the average cost per breach is $4 million. Crazier than that is that 70% of American security executives report they don't have incident response plans in place. Imagine that. Well, that's what we're talking about today with three experts working with Cal OES. Learn the best ways to protect yourself and the people you work with right now. In the studio with me today are three gentlemen who have given up, uh, what, about 30 minutes, 40 minutes of your time today. Uh, we've got Eli Owen and Thor Edens and Michael Cruz, Michael Cruz being the information security officer for Cal OES. And uh, Eli, we're going to start with you. Tell me a little bit about what your title is and what it is you do. Sure. So thanks for having me here. We're really excited. Uh, so my current day job is deputy commander over at the State Threat Assessment Center in Cal OES. Uh, and I've also been helping build the effort uh, to build out the California Cybersecurity Integration Center. Uh, we're happy to announce that we just announced our new commander, Keith Tresh. He'll be coming in next couple of weeks. And okay. so we spent the last year building uh, out the CalSIC, which came from a governor's executive order. Cool. All right. Uh, Thor Edens, tell me a little bit about what you do. Sure. I do cyber intelligence for the CalSIC. Basically, my job is to find out who the bad guys are before they can attack you. So we, by this point, we all know there are groups all around the world who would love nothing more than to steal your usernames, your passwords, your credit card numbers, your health records. They'll get anything they can. Mm -hmm. So my job is to find out who they are, what they want, and how we can stop them. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And Michael Cruz, tell me a little bit about your job as Info Security Officer. Hey, Sean, thanks. Yeah, as the uh, uh, Cal OES Information Security Officer, really my, my goal, my primary goal is to make sure internally that the staff's educated about cybersecurity issues and we make sure we have policies in place that enforce and make sure we're in compliance with state and federal requirements that, that are cybersecurity related. You guys seem to be in a, uh, a role, uh, each of you, that this day and age has more challenges than it ever has. Who wants to talk about that? You know, I'd, I'd be excited to talk about it. I think all three of us are passionate about this issue. Uh, we are in a really unique place to try to tackle this threat. We've got incredible uh, political will through the governor's office and our boss, uh, Director Ghilarducci, and we've just put a really good foot forward trying to get in front of this threat and being as collaborative as possible. The threat landscape is shifting, and so some of the reasons why the governor called for the Cal 6 creation was to position the state to get in front of the threat. and. What we're seeing from a threat perspective, and Thor will go into this a little bit more, but it's evolving at a pace that's so rapid uh, and changing that um, it was difficult for each individual state agency to do it, uh, to try to get in front of the, to combat the threat itself. And so 
what the governor's called for is a, uh, uh, the CalSIC whole of government approach to getting in front of that threat. Okay, um, Thor, you are the guy who uh, is supposed to identify these threats and get a hold of them before mm-hmm. uh, they get a hold of us. Tell me about that challenge. Okay, well, I'm going to get to that one in a second. Okay. One of the big challenges for identifying these threats, for identifying the vulnerabilities and the exploits, and as Eli said, getting ahead of them, is how do we do that? Because the rate of progression for this stuff is unbelievable. 15 years ago, very few people had home internet connections. Very few people had, you know, there was no such thing as a smartphone or any of this. We had 286 processors in our computer. Exactly. And we were excited about that. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe it came out uh, from the UN a couple weeks ago, 49% of the world is online every day. And close to 89% of the world is now covered in mobile internet. We are a few years away from having 100% internet. In fact, Google just put out that they want to give the entire world free Wi-Fi, or at least Wi-Fi coverage. That's that's amazing. Even some of these undeveloped countries may still have internet access through mobile devices. Absolutely. Everyone can go on Facebook. Everyone can go on Google. So because we're increasing so much so fast, so are the bad guys. It's profitable. You know, the bad guys, let's just take one example, ransomware. Two years ago, no one ever heard of ransomware. One year ago, it was around $35 million is how much they took. The FBI put out that this year, by the end of 2016, it will be at least $1 billion in loss. Jeez. So how, how does ransomware work? Okay, ransomware is a type of malware that once it gets onto the computer, it encrypts your files. It's like if someone came by and changed the locks on your house. You can't get into it. So that's what ransomware does. And once it locks up all your files, they're nice enough to give you a nice little pop-up saying, you've been encrypted or you've been hacked. To get unencrypted, to get your files back, get your keys again, go to this website, and I'll give you a, a link for the darknet. Go to this website and pay two Bitcoin, roughly around $500, and we'll give you a key to unlock your, your computer again. Jeez. So it's your choice, pay up or lose everything you have. Now, do you know anybody who's had this happen? Oh, gosh, countless people really? have had it happen. Oh, yeah. We're, we're seeing uh, law enforcement. We're seeing fire getting hit with this. So, of course, being in government and Cal OES and our such a critical mission, one of the things that we see, we're working in tandem with public safety first responders. We're out in front trying to prevent, trying to socialize, partnering with folks like Michael, uh, his role, and really spreading the word of how to prevent this from happening. Um, some people have started paying the ransom in the ransomware case, and our advice and FBI's and is not to pay the ransom because it just puts you on another list, which makes you a further target. Um, yeah, but what do well, you do? Well, not only the, not only that. I mean, another reason for not paying is uh, it obviously perpetuates more folks out there to get into this nefarious activity. Mm-hmm. Because now, I mean, the reason wa- mm-hmm. ransomware has become more prolific is because it's offered now as software as a service. So the days of the guy that's in his lonely basement kind of just hacking, you can get some guy that can go onto a nefarious site, essentially order the service for a few hundred dollars and run his own type of campaign. That's why it's so prevalent now. Wow. Before, it used to just be a single organization that would run these campaigns, and you'd see a few... Mm-hmm few hundred computers infected, but now everyone can get into 
the ransomware uh, activities. That's so. that's crazy. So, uh, Michael, what do you do then? Uh, if you, I mean, if you're not going to pay the ransom, your your entire computer is locked up. Your life is in that computer. No, absolutely. I, obviously, there's things we do here at CalOES within our organization to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the most basic, fundamental thing you can do is back up your files. Um, before, you know, obviously, uh, there's other things. You're, you're browsing behavior, your activities, making sure your software is out, uh, up to date. We do those things automatically within our environment here at work. Now, however, it's very important that folks at home practice the same things. Here's an example of some of the things I do at home on, on my home PC. Uh, most important things, I think, to most people at home are their photos, their digital photos, their music files, they have documents, and so forth. Well, you need to back those things up. I'd say even make two backups. Have a backup on an external hard drive. Have a backup also on cloud services, whether it's iCloud or, or Dropbox or something of that mm-hmm. nature. Have two backups. The most important thing then, once you do back them up, uh, what I do is I disconnect my, my backup hard drive from my computer. Unfortunately, ransomware, it'll infect the files on the local machine, but it'll spread through all your shared drives all your network drives, and even your cloud drives. So what you do is you disconnect those. What I do is essentially I'll do a backup once a week on my on an on, on a external hard drive. I will actually physically disconnect that from my computer. And then any of my online backup storages, I'll make sure that doesn't do it automatically. I actually have that disconnected. So also. you do it manually? Yes, I do all those processes manually. Wow, okay. But... There's also something else you can do. Let's say, because I'm one of those people who I go, that's a great idea. I'm going to set up backups and I'm going to do this or that. But that always ends up being next weekend, next weekend. Mm. So absolutely, if you, if, you, if you do, do it. But let's say you get hit tonight when you go home to your home computer. If you're at your work computer, obviously let people know at your IT department who can fix it. But if you're at your home computer, don't just pay the ransom outright. There uh, Interpol, the European and International Police Union, has a website called nomoreransom.org. Okay. You can go on that website and upload a junk file from your encrypted computer. You know, something that you don't care about. It can be anything. I recommend something like a simple readme file on your computer from when you installed Word or something. Go on there, upload that, let Interpol look at it, and they'll send you a decryption key to unlock your computer without paying. Oh. So... We use the good guys. Yeah. This, uh, the, the threats that we're uh, talking about today, this is something that uh, the month of October has been set aside. Uh, by, was it by the feds, by FEMA? or who? Yeah, Go Department ahead, of Homeland Security. And they're in, obviously in, in collaboration with, I think, the National Alliance of uh, Cybersecurity. So um, every year, this is their 13th year, when I say they, Department of Homeland Security, has uh, essentially uh, dedicated October as National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Um, and really the focus is to get organizations to raise awareness with regards to cybersecurity hygiene, safety, and, and safe practices. Uh, I know uh, a lot of folks within the organization, you know, we, we get that information kind of on a daily basis, but October really is an emphasis on and really uh, educating people what you can do at work and at home to be safe online. And it looks like uh, their website is set up uh, to be very user-friendly. They've got different weeks, week one through week five, with themes. 
So apparently the themes are important and they hit different topics. Somebody want to talk about that and talk about how the themes may help or, you know, uh, at least raising the awareness aspect of October being this awareness month. Yeah, like week one, which we're in right now, actually we're on the last day of week one, but uh, those are some of the things I like tr- like to uh, emphasize with folks, uh, particularly just going home, you know, things you do with your family, just really everyday steps you should, you should be thinking about. Um, kind of my motto is always be skeptical mm. when you're online, no matter what, even if it looks trustworthy, be skeptical, take simple steps. I, I think the big thing is uh, there's a campaign as part of it is stop, think, click. Okay. I mean, just three simple steps that you can follow at work and at home. Um, week two, I mean, really, this really uh, emphasizes kind of uh, educating the uh, C-suite, uh, business pract- best business practices and, and so forth. And then uh, there's a lot of uh, recognizing and combating uh, cyber, cyber crimes. Obviously, if we, we need to be familiar with what the threat is. So I think uh, Department of Homeland Security and a lot of their partners are emphasizing a lot of podcasts just like these, uh, online seminars and and so forth, and some um, printed and online materials that you can use uh, within your organization to really highlight the importance of this month. One of the things that we've seen when we uh, go out and brief uh, our senior most government officials in the cabinet and where else, one of the things we've been cognizant of doing is trying to tie uh, numbers and costs associated with possible attacks. And so a couple of statistics to think about and what we've been focused on is your typical denial of uh, distributed denial of service attack for an organization which basically shuts down that organization's ability to provide services and for us in government that's key is about $400,000. Uh, a typical data breach what we're seeing is costing on average $4 million. Mm-hmm. When you start to socialize the threat, the costs associated with those threats, and then talk about the costs of education, which is much cheaper, uh, we're starting to get all on the same page from the top of the organization all the way down to the workforce on the importance of cyber. And, and really, our biggest vulnerability that we're seeing is the our employees, all of us. It's that the human factor mm-hmm. in this. Um, we've seen some of the ma- malicious software coming at us. Uh, these days, it's what's being called polymorphic. So it's it's signatures changing. So typical antivirus is not keeping up. What we're also seeing, though, is spear phishing. And what that really is, is targeting the human in the organization, because it's recognized by the bad guys that that's the most vulnerable, getting through the human and into the network uh, and so that's the importance of these campaigns. That's the importance of this podcast and Michael's efforts to ensure mm-hmm. all of our efforts to make sure that folks are aware of this. So we hear on the news a lot about uh, these these big breaches that come from possibly governments themselves, not just mm-hmm. some guy sitting, you know, in a basement who has downloaded this uh, software. Uh, from the dark net, but now we're talking about governments, uh, that this is a form of terrorism and, you know, hostage taking. Uh, how real is that threat, or is it just something that maybe the media is over-exaggerating? Before we go into that, yeah. I want to address a couple of things. Okay. There's a uh, common thought, and we use it kind of jokingly in cyber, that the malicious hackers out there targeting people are, you know, teenagers in their mom's basement. Uh-huh. That's actually quite a myth. Okay. While uh, 
there was a study in England that showed the average age of hackers is now 17 years old. It was a very flawed study. Okay. Because basically how they did it was they asked a few thousand people, many of whom high schoolers, have you ever done anything illegal on a computer? This includes downloading music, downloading mm -hmm. movies. So, of course, it's going to skew young. That would be it's the equivalent of saying every member of a, the average age of a member of a cartel is 14 cuz oh. many teenagers smoke weed. You right, know, it's right. not it's not a direct comparison. So, your average hacker most of the hack well it really isn't an average hacker, but many of the hackers you see who are committing data breaches or major cyber attacks, they're not, you know, bored teenagers. They're usually parts of large criminal syndicates. So these are major organizations. This is big money. Mm -hmm. Cybercrime now makes uh, takes in more money than the drug trade, than the illicit drug trade. Man. It's... It's a major, major thing. Hmm. So, yes, we are seeing attacks from these criminal syndicates, and we are seeing some attacks from nation-state elements. But the average everyday person, probably not too much to worry about that, you know, Russia is going to pick, you know, Jim specifically right, to right. attack him. But Organizations like Cal OES or any yes, other government exactly. agency has something to worry about. Exactly. But the real kicker, kicker is... Jim, our imaginary person, does have to worry about the criminal syndicates because Jim's a perfectly good target for ransomware or other malware, stuff like that, that can take his bank account and his identity. And the defenses for APTs or for criminal syndicates or even the one in a million lonely teenager in their mom's basement are the same. How realistic is it? Uh, maybe there's some stats that you can throw out or you know off the top of your head. How realistic is it that I... And, you know, what's the likelihood of me getting hit? Probably close to 100%. Really? <laughs> um, considering uh, a few years ago, the entire U.S. voter database, what voter registration database, was considered compromised. Uh, it was considered yeah. picked up. Also, um, so that's one way you might get picked up. Mm. Uh, the An insider to Yahoo recently told Business Insider that because of the back-end architecture, the attackers who did the 500 million they released on the darknet a few weeks ago they had actually they actually had access to between one to three billion Yahoo and Yahoo associated accounts. Wow! So there's another way you could have got hit. If you have Blue Cross Blue Shield, you could have got picked up on the Anthem healthcare attack. We are in an age of massive data breaches. There's a very high likelihood that you have been hit by at least a data breach. Yeah. Well, and the OPM hack that happened mm -hmm. last year, yeah. I right. think all of us got our information, uh, and many of our other colleagues here got our information uh, swept up into that uh, issue. But the other thing that we're seeing is uh, the bad guys are using botnets. So mm -hmm. meaning they're taking over other computers and the owner of that computer may or may not know that it's happening and they're using that to propagate their malicious campaign. Sean, I think another way too is, in, in, I mean, I think a lot of people that are listening to this probably get these random phone calls, mm -hmm. right? Sure. Say they're either from Microsoft or some other organization and or yeah even worse the IRS I think that really scares a lot of uh, a lot of people particularly if they're not familiar with this if anyone gets a call from the IRS I think that that grabs someone's attention pretty quickly For sure and uh, so a lot of this is uh, social engineering very basic uh, kind of spycraft type of techniques where they try and get you and manipulate you into uh, disclosing 
access to your local PC or your bank account. Mm-hmm. It's it's old techniques, but but it works. And what what it actually ends up happening is you give them access to certain things. They get remote access to your local uh, computer, and then eventually they get access to a lot of things. They'll load key loggers on there, which will track every key entry you put into your machine. They'll get access to your camera, to your uh, to your local microphone. So I, it's not even just a matter of getting uh, your your personal information stolen, but your your privacy is violated. You're talking literally then about spyingware. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You yeah. know, and I think that's a that's a certain paranoia that uh, there are some people uh, have about someone. Uh, I know people who have put pieces of tape over their camera. Uh-huh. On their, on their, you do that, Michael. I do. <laughs> okay. How about you, Thor? Oh yeah, I have, well, I don't have a piece of tape, but all these tech conferences now they give you little screens you can put on. So yeah, definitely. For and then we're not being paranoid about that. You're not being paranoid if you can be paranoid, and they can still be out to get you. So, <laughs> so is that really paranoia, or is it just being smart? I would say at this point, it's just being smart because chances are that. I'll use myself here. Chances are no one wants to see me walking around my house naked. No one wants to see You that. don't do that, though, do you? Yeah. Okay. So if I put a piece of, you know, a tape, piece of tape up there, you, you know. You're helping well, society is what you're doing, exactly. right? Exactly. It's a public health concern, you know. So, but that it's not really being, par- it's not paranoia. Yeah. It's just, this is the world we live in. Mm-hmm. And your computer can get compromised very easily. I want to point out one, uh, one a little additional note. We were talking about social engineering. And I know many cybersecurity experts who have fallen for this one. People who, you know, they're very careful about phishing. They're very careful about all these traditional things. If someone calls up and says, hello, I'm from Microsoft, they just hang up on them. Microsoft will never call you, by the way. Mm. Even if you submit a job to them, they, they still don't call. Yeah. But um, you, uh, so you go on Facebook or other online stuff. And, oh, cool, online quiz. You know, they're asking you questions like, what was the color of your first car? What was the make and model of your first car? Where were your parents born? You know. Password information. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah. You, know, you think you're going to, they're going to tell you what type of animal you are. Mm-hmm. But really, you're giving them all the password response questions for other accounts you may have. Yeah. Yeah. They're sneaky. They're sneaky. So when we're talking about government agencies and we're talking about individuals, the concerns are one and the same for the most part, Right. Is there anything that government agencies like Cal OES can do in the long run? Are we as smart as the criminal, or are the criminals smarter than us? Is it <laughs> is it just a leapfrog game that we're playing here? I think um, I think Eli alluded to this earlier. Uh, I, you know, we any organization, including Cal OES, we you know we we spend a lot of money on uh, defensive defenses for for the network. Uh, both physical and virtual. You know, we have a nice area here that's gated. We take the same approach virtually, you know, uh, defense in layers. You know, that's not usually the best defense. I mean, uh, you could you could spend millions of dollars on something. It really comes down to just you, the individual. Um, that's the, changing. Yeah, that's the best. That's probably the best uh, return on investment you will get is, is educating your users. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing we do here at Cal OES, we have a mandatory uh, annual cybersecurity awareness training that, that I push out. Um, you know, a, a lot of it is just discussing some of the things, topics we're, 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 we're touching right now. Uh, you know, be safe. Uh, don't click on those links. Uh, be skeptical. 
um, a lot of things, social engineering. But, uh, you know, that's an important thing for any organization. You, you have to push that out because um, um, user, users, no matter what, they will, they will click. It's curiosity. Curiosity will, will definitely get the best of, of anybody, including myself. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of these um, criminals take advantage of, um, you know, uh, very uh, big social uh, milestones or events. Uh, you know, like here's a good one. Like uh, there is one that came out with uh, uh, Brad Pitt and An- Angelina uh, uh, breaking up. Supposedly, you know, there was uh, something that was going around on, on uh, Facebook and people were clicking on it. I mean, they're intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. So they, they, it's curiosity. I mean, we, we have to train our users that a lot of these things, uh, it's, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so definitely if you're in an organization that uh, doesn't provide that service, it, it's, it's only a few uh, thousand dollars probably for every two or three years, I would recommend and I would push and argue that you need that training mm-hmm. available and track it. Uh, People need to be trained on, on, on these things. And there's lots of vendors out there to, that provide that service. When we're talking about um, the human being, sort of the chink in the armor, this is, that's where they're going to get in and get to you. Can you share any stories of anyone who has been that chink in the armor and has created major problems? Sure. Um, I'm not going to give you any stories about California agencies, obviously. Okay. But um, the situation in Ukraine that happened last December... On Christmas Eve in Ukraine, approximately 84,000 people lost power because the power distribution center was hacked. Mm. This came about because one employee opened a Word document sent via email. A simple Word document. Exactly. Just a Word document had a macro enabled, infected the computer, and wow. th- they were in. Um, another example, another uh, classic example, uh, basically you can name any. If any of the almost all of the major attacks you hear about are probably a result of social engineering, hmm. it's been shown that APTs, the big nation state led attacks, you know, your Anthem, your OPM, your Yahoo, 91% start with a phishing email. Hmm. 91% of the time they attack the person. Yeah. It works yeah. and it's easy. Yeah. We've got wow. a. Uh, a more closer to home example too. Mm-hmm. We've we just uh, supported a, a police department uh, who got uh, their networks locked up from ransomware. It, it was an employee who decided to take home uh, a work laptop, get on his home network, uh, and was a victim of an email uh, spear phishing campaign. Mm-hmm. Also, for our folks in the fires, while, while they were supporting some of the fires, we know about a, a couple of examples also mm-hmm. of a camp getting hit by ransomware. Again, an employee clicking on the wrong link. These are things that are happening, very common. And, you know, so the, the, the threat is so ubiquitous that this is, you're seeing a culture change. You're seeing uh, the, uh, the focus on taking care of the end user. Uh, at the lowest levels and through the ranks, but also if we stand back and take a strategic uh, look, you're seeing your government and led by the governor and, and the director, Gilarducci and, and Amy Tong, we've got a series of comprehensive things that they've set in motion uh, in an effort to better position the state family to have more secure, resilient networks. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from the CalSIC being stood up to the cybersecurity, the governor's cybersecurity task force, which is a public-private initiative, 
the private sector is so critical in this space. Um, several comprehensive measures are being taken to ensure that there's resilience in, in government. As we get near the end of this, I want to find out if any of you have any ideas about what should be done that hasn't been done yet. Well, I don't want to say it hasn't been done, but it, may, but it is currently being done, okay. which is the uh, new uh, CalSIC we've established, the California Cybersecurity Integration Center. We are a new agency, a new organization, not an agency, a new organization. We're under Cal OES. And we bring in together the state family to work together against these, these threats. Too often nowadays, people are embarrassed or they're ashamed that they got hacked. Organizations don't want to talk. People don't want to admit it, you know, because it feels like you messed up. You did something stupid. That's not really accurate. As we talked about earlier, it's almost guaranteed your information's already been compromised. Millions of people are getting hacked every year. We've reached a point where it's become ubiquitous. You will be hacked at some point. You will get malware. Getting help for cyber for a cyber attack isn't a shameful thing. It's like having it's like having the flu or a major medical condition. There's no shame that you got the flu. You just go to the doctor and get it fixed. Well, that's kind of what we're doing. We're trying to sh uh, bring away the shame and get people to work together and share information and intelligence so that we can actually fight this problem. Mm. So that's one of the big things that we need to keep doing is sharing in information and working together. Okay, Michael. I, I think the important thing, uh, particularly uh, what should be done, and uh, I think alluding to what um, Thor was mentioning, is that uh, it's a cultural change with organizations. They like to close hold, particularly if you have vulnerabilities or if you've been, it's like, you know, if you've been, uh, uh, I guess, invaded by somebody, you don't want to disclose that information to let folks know, well, you're vulnerable. Well, every organization to some point is vulnerable. So one thing that I think that's very important that organizations should be doing, as I mentioned, train your users. The second thing is making sure that your systems are tested. Have a vulnerability assessment done. Um, that's really important because y you can put in all the defenses, but you really got to test how effective it is. Um, you know, we, we, we have one done every two years. Um, uh, some one was free obviously some are not free but obviously there's a balance there for organizations to figure out how important that is mm -hmm. and then third have a have a uh, incident response plan for your organization because one thing you don't want to be in is in a situation where you do discover that you have been hacked or you have files that have been stolen whatever it may be um, you need to be, as an organization, you need, you need to be able to respond to that effectively, not only internally and how do, we, how do we do that, but externally, how do you report that out to the public? Because if, you're our, if you are a public organization and the public has uh, entrusted in you to do certain, to protect their information, you really, be, uh, you, you really need to be pretty effective on how you're gonna respond to that. For sure. Uh, any final thoughts before we head out? Um, anybody have any additional tips, maybe websites or uh, apps or software, anything that you guys would uh, suggest that individuals or agencies even consider at this point? Any final thoughts? You know, so with the CalSIC being stood up, we'd recommend if folks want to partner with us, again, this is a collaborative approach. We're only going to be able to get in front of this threat working together and breaking down silos. So reach out to us. Uh, we've got a new email address, state.cybersecurity at caloes.ca.gov. Uh, that's kind of our catch-all email. 
And then also if you're in Cal OES, uh, I don't want to volunteer, but <laughs> Mr. Michael Cruz is your ISO, so he's a great partner. Okay, sounds good. Any other thoughts? Thor, anything? Sure. I would just say that remember that Cy there are two things to remember. Cybersecurity is not some nebulous concept, you know, that you kind of have to think about and be super paranoid about. It's just something that's actually quite easy to integrate into your life. You know, when you buy a new uh, Internet of Things device, you buy the smart refrigerator or the uh, candle you can turn on with your phone, you know, that, that's real. By the oh, way. yeah, for yeah. sure. I know. Yeah. 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 Think about is this good? Is this a good idea? Yeah. Let's talk about that internet connected uh, candle with the real flame. Is that a good idea to have something connected to the internet that creates open fire in my house? <laughs> I don't know that many people have thought of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why I do mean, this? Because they can. Exactly. Right? And yeah. a lot of organs, a lot of people have trouble, you know, parsing that out because a lot of these new devices, there's no real security in them yet. Uh, Home Depot just had an issue because of the new us. Uh, I'm not going to name companies unless I can. Uh, you can blink. You can blink. Sure, out I'll blink it. Yeah, yeah, all I'll right. The new us smart fridge. Okay, uh -huh. on the on this new smart fridge, the one Chris, uh, Dax Shepard and Christian Bell advertise. Yeah, it's got the big TV on the front that you know they can see what's in the fridge. They can order stuff. Okay, now Home Depot has put these displays out everywhere at their stores. Well, they're internet connected. So people have been uploading porn sites onto these TVs, oh, no. onto these refrigerators throughout the country. How come I've not heard of this? <laughs> I'm going to the wrong Home Depot, I think. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, uh, uh, little Johnny, yeah. look away. Look away. Yeah. So it's just something, keep in mind whenever you're, bu you're buying a new appliance or stuff. Yeah. Is this, gonna, is this a good idea? Is this secure? Yeah. You know? You know, like I said before, there's no shame in being hacked. It's like there's no shame if your 100-year-old house has lead pipes. There's no shame in that. You just got to fix it, yeah. you know? And when you when you move forward, what's the right idea? Do I go with lead pipes again or do I get something good? Right, yeah. right. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, I, I would, uh, and I, I think I mentioned earlier, Stop, Think, uh, Connect campaign uh, as part of the uh, National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. That, that They have tons of great resources because uh, I, I think it's important. I, I mean, we all, we, we all do a great job of protecting our organization, uh, but it's most important that you protect yourself and your family, you know, uh, because even if, uh, even if we're secure here, make sure you practice uh, safe security at home. Uh, and with your kids, you know, your grandparents. I mean, you talk about the kids and the grandparents are your most vulnerable uh, folks out there Good because point. sometimes they just don't know. So, right. but definitely uh, Stop, Think, Connect campaign. Uh, I think it's stopthinkconnect.org. There's lots of resources there for your kids, uh, even for your grandparents and for yourself. Perfect. Eli Owen, Thor Edens, Michael Cruz, thanks for uh, taking the time to hang with us and Give us your, your I'm going to call it affectionately geek talk, mm -hmm. because uh, we need geeks in this world, because they're the ones who are going to save us. <laughs> At least from this point moving forward, we're going to need help with these uh, Internet criminals. And they are criminals. Are they being prosecuted? Uh, yes, actually. We're seeing, a, but not in the amount it should be. Okay. We're seeing a lot of attempts to prosecute them, and we do see some get picked up. The FBI officially uh, picked up two members of a group called Lizard Squad the other day. And these were bad dudes. Silly name, but bad dudes. Mm. They hit Sony PlayStation Network repeatedly, Xbox Live. They hit a few major sites. Wow. And But they just picked them up. 
but that's the, that's the problem. Well, hopefully they, they'll do some serious hard time. Yeah, well, they will probably look at about ten years. Without a smartphone, that's like torture yes. to them, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Right. Okay, gentlemen, thank you very mm-hmm. much. Thanks. Thank you. Great info to reduce the likelihood of you becoming a victim of those hackers. And hopefully this conversation didn't get too technical for you. We have some great links and additional info about what was mentioned during this podcast over at the podcast section of our website, oesnews.com. Hey, thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to the All Hazards podcast on iTunes. That way you can get the latest information and the latest podcasts downloaded directly to your device. Thanks for listening again. Take care and be safe, everyone. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.